to be recording and posting, if in fact that's what we do. I'm gonna, yeah, I will. Uh, that was just preamble. So I'm not quite sure. I'm thinking because we've had a long, long layoff that rather than launching into Baruch Shamar, we should do just a very quick overview review of Birchot HaShachar today. Would that be an okay thing to do? As opposed to, I know some people say, like, oh, we've done that for, awesome. for so long, so many times, but I feel like that will kind of tee it up for us. Um, and also that might be helpful to anyone who might listen to this online and say, why are they starting with Baruch Shamar instead of at the beginning. But then next week we'll do Baruch Shamar, and I think we're going to do, just to look ahead, we're going to look at the framework of Suke de Zimra, the hymns of praise. We are not going to go through all the psalms individually because if we went through all the psalms individually, which we've done once and which would be a great thing to do, we would never get up to the Shema and the Amida, and I'd like to get up to the Shema and the Amida. Okay? So we might come back to the individual psalms another day, but we'll spend at least two or three weeks talking about the overall structure of Suke de Zimra. Hmm. Um, and this may now start to be posted on the Shul's website, so we won't use any any last names. Okay. Protect everyone's anonymity. All right. So, um, overview of Birchot Shachar. So, we said at the end of Birchot Shachar that the morning service is divided roughly into four parts, or many people see it as divided into four parts. And there are some uh, Kabbalistically inclined people who say that this corresponds to the Kabbalistic view of the four worlds, there are four realms of existence of which the quote-unquote lowest is the world of Asiyah, doing or making, and Berchot HaShachar corresponds to um, the world of Asiyah. So Berchot HaShachar uh, has the function, I would say, in the service of grounding us in ourselves and in our life. That's kind of how I think of it. It's not all about being embodied in a literal sense, because only some of it is about the body, a lot of it is about the body, but it's about being grounded in the world. Does that make sense? So just sort of quick review, um, and this is stuff we've all done. I mean, this stuff we've done in the Sidur class. We really start with, I'm on page one of the red-covered Sidur Sim Shalom for weekdays, Modea Ani, when we wake up at home, First thing we say, we're grateful for God that we're alive. Why does it not have God's name in it anywhere in that two-line prayer? It's a review question. How come God's name is not in it? How come we don't say, we say, we don't say, Hashem. Anyone remember? Because what, what, have we, what did we just do? Oh, yeah, we haven't washed or anything. Correct. So we woke up. We have not yet done it till Yadayim. Our hands may be unclean from the night, right? So we don't say God's name yet. We don't say a bracha, okay? So we say modani. We acknowledge that we're awake. It's the first thing you say when you wake up. Um, then you go wash, and then you say the bracha on the tilat Yadayim, okay? Which, of course, surely had, as some, at its sort of original basis, surely some hygienic function, right? You wake up, you wash your hands, because uh, you're gonna, you know, touch yourself, touch your eyes and all that stuff, wash your face. So you wanna have your hands be clean, but it's given kind of a um, religion, the 
the probably basic human hygienic impulse is then given a religious purpose to it, which is that we are, and we talked briefly about who else wash, who washes their hands? Uh, not just the Kohen Gadol, but all the priests. When do they wash their hands? I don't know when priests wash their hands. Whenever they go into the temple to do their holy work. Right? So a metaphoric understanding of al-Natilat Yadayim, hand washing, is that we are going out into our daily life, and our daily life can be seen as our holy work in the world. So like the Kohanim, we have a ritual washing with the bracha. Um, then we come to shul. There are some verses we say when we come to shul. Matovu at the bottom of the page. We put on our talit and tefillin. I'm not going to go over the specific brachot pertaining to that. Okay. And then we have the three blessings on page four, which are the three blessings for our three parts: body, uh, soul, and mind. We were writing the order. We might have rearranged the order, but we might have said body, mind, and soul. But it's body, soul, and mind. Um, and again, the order isn't exactly the same in all sidurim. It's actually not the same in traditional Ashkenazic sidurim. Sidur Sim Shalom, the conservative uh, um, sidur, rearranges them um, to be consecutive body, soul, and mind on page four. So we have Asher Yatsar. Presumably, we went to the bathroom, which most of us do first thing in the morning basic human function, and we acknowledge God, we say, oh my God, everything worked again. Okay, so the fact that our bodily functions work almost always, right, whether it's elimination or your heart beating or breathing, all the things that we take for granted until, of course, something happens and then we don't take them for granted. Okay. People who are, you know, recently coming to Morning Minute and saying, Kaddish, know, know that, you know, really, really directly, right? So all the things that we just take for granted. So this could be like about your heart beating or your breathing or internal organs functioning, but it just happens to be about um, uh, orifices, tubes and orifices, which are the things we're reminded about when we, when we wake up in the morning. The tubes and orifices, they work. Oh my God, it's incredible if the tubes closed up, if the orifices, wait, if the tubes opened up or the orifices closed up, we wouldn't be able to live. Okay, so we pause to acknowledge the, the wondrous nature of the body as created by Hashem. Hashem's handiwork. Okay, then body, soul, Elohai Neshama, right, the soul which I have. So I woke up, I am reinfused with my soul and we know of course you're not really dead when you're sleeping and in a literal scientific way your soul doesn't go away when you're sleeping but in a in a seat of the pants midrashic sort of way there are aspects of you that seem to go away when you're sleeping and um, midrashically you know Hashem takes your soul during the night and returns it to you in the morning and this is a prayer about that Hashem you infused the soul into me we just did Brayshit a few weeks ago, Parshat Brayshit, so all of this is very fresh, right? We're body and soul. Um, and, and eventually the soul's going to go away. And then what's going to happen? 
the end of bracha. What happens? The soul's going to go away. What's that called when the soul goes away? For good. Death. Death. But what's going to, is it going to go away, away, away? Is it going to disappear? Okay. No, it will be returned to me. Okay? So, right, in the future. So there's reference here to um, eternal life. However that is understood by us in our variety of ways of understanding what that means. Okay? So the soul does not disappear forever. So every day it goes away, every day it comes back, one day it goes away for good, okay, from the body, but it's not gone. It doesn't, it doesn't disappear, I guess I put it that way. Okay? Um, and then the mind, and the mind is given to us according to this framing, the third bracha on, chat, on page four, the mind is given to us for what purpose? Study to study Torah. So we say Hashem, and you also gave us the Torah to study, to learn. And there are three different brachot for it, because in tractate brachot, in the Gemara, three different rabbis say this is the bracha you say when you study Torah. And so we do our usual, which is, okay, let's do all three of them. Okay? And then, having said the bracha, we study Torah, page 5 in Brachot HaShachar. And we study Torah according to the the rabbis prescribed tripartite curriculum, right? The Gemara says a person should divide their time three ways, right? One-third to Torah, one-third to Halachot, or Mishnah, and one-third to Gemara, or Talmud. So we study a passage from the Torah, which is the priestly blessing, Yevarechecha, we talked a lot about that blessing. Um, and then our Sidur adds Kedoshim to you, from Kedoshim, um, that's not part of the traditional. Traditionally, it's just the Yivarechecha, the priestly blessing is the Torah section. The Mishnah section, these are the things which are immeasurable. I think we talked at some length about that, that they're sort of character traits, not necessarily just things you do. And then finally, the list of 10 things fr from the Talmud, um, uh, is it 10 or 15? I think it's 10 things, um, that effect uh, that create, um, let's call it value in this world, but also pay off in the world beyond what we see. Classically expressed as the world to come. Okay? So we have Torah, Mishnah, Talmud. And back to Torah. And then back to Torah. Oh, the Talmud Torah, Kineget Kulam. Right, but we have, by which I mean Bible, Mishnah, and then a passage from the Talmud. And just to remind you, it's an interesting passage because the passage does not actually exist in the Talmud. It, it, it exists only in the Siddur. There are two different passages in the Talmud about the things in this world and how they affect the next world. And they're not exactly this list. And um, no one knows exactly where the Siddur's version of it comes from. It does not exist anywhere else. You think that it comes from the Talmud, but it's not exactly in the Talmud. You mean this paragraph? This pa that final paragraph, this version that says, and if you'll notice in our Siddur, it says in Hebrew, yeah, it says based on Shabbat 127a, because this is not the list in Masechet Shabbat. Okay, so we woke up, so we get grounded, so we get grounded in ourselves. 